What's going on, people? It's Flobo Boys. Obviously. And this is Flobo Saw It on Netflix. That's where we go into the deep archives of the Netflix action or library or whatever the word you want to use to go through some of the original series and movies and talk about them. If you guys haven't realized, this is actually part of a podcast series uh, available on YouTube in the visual form. If you can see me, what up? And if you're hearing the sound of my voice on your favorite podcast and device or program like Spotify or Apple, drop five stars. Let the people know. Let the whole world know how much you love this show. And this show is worldwide. Uh, I get uh, feedback from Qatar and Oman and Yemen and, and Sub-Saharan Africa. Thank you so much for making this a part of your podcasting diet. And you know, we do an extra episode every month for stand-up comedy specials on Netflix, but that's only available on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Boys. We call it the Boisterous Crew. You can roll with us and be boisterous at the same dang time. All right. So in this episode, we're talking about Bob Ross, Happy Accents, Betrayal, and Greed. This is actually one of the more popular documentaries that came through Netflix's uh, content, original content platform uh, last August 2021. And it took the world by storm when it was released. And I really wanted a chance to sit and break down that being a fan of documentaries and that being a filmmaker as well. If this is your first time listening, thank you very much. Uh, I, for my own benefit to show you that I have experience in this, I do hold an MFA in film production from Chapman University in the United States. Uh, I waited because I know there's something really cool, awesome, and kind of masking about Netflix hype. Uh, when a movie or show really cuts through uh, the zeitgeist and people talk about it, it tends to obscure my view of things. Of course, there's some exceptions. I did don't look up on this platform, but like um, former bangers, like uh, um, Project Power. I waited a couple weeks before I jumped on. So this one here is about the painter Bob Ross. My first uh, experience with Bob was much like with you. It was on PBS, Public Access, probably waiting for another show, maybe a cooking show on a Sunday or cartoons after school. And Bob came on with his fro, which we learned is a perm, and he talked to, talked to us about how making mistakes isn't a mistake. They're happy accidents. And so here was a situation I thought I knew the story. Guy who painted with an afro and ever knew who he was is pretty much the end of the deal. Uh, this one goes a bit more in depth. And to be fair, it does have a true crime story like element to it, but I want to talk about that just uh, momentarily. Bob Ross, Happy Accidents, Betrayal, and Greed scored a 7 out of 10 on IMDb and a 79%, almost 80% at Rotten Tomatoes. So 7 to 8. And uh, Cutting to Chase, I kind of agree. It's a good documentary, uh, but before I get to the content of the documentary, I'll talk to you about structure. Documentaries have seen a bit of an evolution, and whether you like them or not, I would say the, the one to really tip the scales in that was Michael Moore. Michael Moore really took what was supposed to be factual newsreel like entertainment or newsreel type news about a certain angle and really added the entertainment flavor to it to enhance a perspective. Uh, and that kind of begat a whole other class of documentaries. Now, documentaries, much like comedy, isn't necessarily about the facts. The facts have to be present by all means, but people are usually, when they tune to something, looking for the perspective. Um, <clears throat> my favorite documentary of all time is one called Carrier. It's a 10-part series that follows this uh 
naval ship around the Pacific, and he kind of follows the men and women on the boat for 10 months. And there's conflict, yes, and the stories, yes, but there isn't kind of like a call to action when it comes to that. Now, compare that to my other favorite documentary, this film is not yet rated. There is a main thesis in this documentary, and that is the rating system for movies is a little bit uh, nebulous, lack of transparency, or that's the whole sort of thing. So I was didn't know what to expect in this one. And so the first part of this film seems very uh, biographical. It seems very, okay, here, this is just the way Bob liked painting. He found something he wanted to do. He went to some craftspeople and totally learned how to paint, got on the television show and learned how to appeal to a demographic with a certain persona and leaned into it. But as the movie goes on, it kind of has this constrictive feeling when we realize that the people that really gave Bob his first chance to be on stage, uh, the, the Kowalskis, uh, that family, was basically taking his image and likeness piece by piece over time in a systematic way of basically lining their own pockets. And that's the conclusion that the documentary makes. But of course, it's alleged because the Kowalskis didn't have a chance to defend themselves and they threatened legal action for the filmmakers for even coming out with the piece. So that's the lies and betrayal part of this. I thought it would just be a kind of a fluff piece of this man that found the joy of painting. Quite literally, that was the name of a show and he rode off into the sunset. But the true crime stuff comes at the tail end, which is to this movie's benefit. I feel if they started teasing that first, like you may know the man, but this is a seedy underbelly, it would have come off as a bit too sensational. So they kind of lull you into a false sense of security, of knowing the guy, knowing what he's about. And when the drama of having the likeness of Bob Ross being attached to art classes that Bob had no um, participation in or paints or other materials that Bob had no participation in, it does feel a bit more gut-wrenching there. It's not sensationalistic. It just comes across as, hey, I learned a friend. I got reacquainted with a friend. I can't believe he ended so disgracefully compared to how I remember him in his prime painting and saying things like, happy little trees, happy little trees over there. Uh, what I realized with Bob also is that he follows, much like Tom Brady or Oprah or Jay-Z, the successful person's journey. And that is three-pronged approach. And the first part is be talented or have the practice to be talented in part one, uh, have a need or wanting to learn from someone else, like uh, find a mentor. And then at the third time is have someone else believe in you. Now, this was originally Annette Kowalski, but I mentioned before, and in this piece that the Kowalskis end up not being friends, more of an enemy, but that's pretty much how anyone gets through the door. Whatever happens once you leave that door, as the stuff legends are made of, it's you have a talent, you go from someone or you, or you learn the craft from someone else, whether it's from a coach or YouTube videos, or, or in this case, it was Bill Alexander, the artist. And then someone sees your talent, sees you wanting to learn, and they kind of put their chips in. Uh, they put some skin in the game. And it's the same thing that happened to Bob. So it's kind of cool to see how that came, the entrepreneurial side, just saying, I have this thing, I have this talent, I'm going to roll into it. Lastly, though, before I get out of here, it is kind of tragic the way uh, – who was survived uh, by, by him, like his, his sons, how they're trying to cope with pushing their father's legacy in a different way in the same art space. 
and I think that be like the appeal for people who may not even know the guy, uh, who may not even know Bob Ross. So, but I always ask myself when I watch these pictures or these documentaries or whatever, who's this for? Documentary lovers would probably love the structure of it. It's unique. I think it works for this particular story, and the filmmakers should be proud of that. Also, the nostalgia crew, those who grew up with Bob, those who had a mom that went to the art classes back in the day in the mall next to the TCBY, you know. Uh, but also, on, on top of all of that, the, the energy level is so chill, it's so laid back that, you know, it's kind of like it, it's easy to the ears, much like Bob's show itself, much like the joy of painting itself. It doesn't try too hard to be loud or sensationalistic or music doesn't seem overbearing. It really kind of puts itself on the wall like a painting and say, hey, well, you, you can look up from your homework or texting your friends. Check me out. You may learn something. You may be entertained. So uh, just to say, uh, IMDb had 7 out of 10. Rotten Tomatoes at 79%. I'm promised with the difference. 7.5 out of 10. Definitely worth checking out. Uh, tell a friend about it if you do like it. And let me know if there's any movie you want me to check out. Now, I'm in the United States. So if the film or project or, or, or TV series is not available, I'd say it may take me a little longer to get to it. I'll try to find a way to do it just to help you guys out. But other than that, hit me up at Boys on that Twitter or that Flobita on Instagram or flobita.com. That's F-L-O-B-I-T-O dot that is it for me. Let me know what you're watching. And next time, I may be here to review it on Flobo Saw It on Netflix.